0: where lust for a whole life, and nothing but less, makes people jump out of a comfortable pond into an unknown ocean. Welcome to that journey between the East and the West. Who says rolling stones don't gather moss? Hello everyone. I am Meenu Gupta, your host for the day, and I'm delighted to have you join me every week as amazing people share their incredible and inspiring life stories of straddling continents. Thank you. Stay tuned. Dear listeners, our guest for the day, Erika Micheletti seems to reinvent herself in many ways in her life. Born and brought up in a country which is on the travel bucket list of most people across the world, she has lived, worked, and hoped between the East and the West, from bartending in the US to scuba driving or scuba training in Australia, to leading an Italian company in India, and now in the field of tourism in her country of origin, Italy. She's a rolling stone who's gathered boss. <laughs> Thank you, Mino. <laughs> Thank you, Erika, for joining me. And we look forward to sharing and swapping experiences or, for me, listening more. Yes. So I will begin with that first question, which I usually pamper my guests with or they pamper me with their answers. Who are you without the labels? Without the name, without the labels of mother, wife, daughter, work, or anything.
1: I'm a person. I would say then is always been extremely curious about what was around the world, probably. But more than around the world, what it is then? It's out there that I don't see it as yet. And so it was really my driving, my, my, you know, my push has always been, I want to know. I want to go and see what's out there. So that's probably curiosity, I would say. I'm a very curious person and, and I hope also a kind person. I'm never able to sit. And, you know, just enjoy it. I always feel that I should be doing something that I'm not wasting because I don't waste any of my time, even if I sit or allow myself sometimes to sit. But no, you know, after I finish something, there is immediately something else that is coming in my mind. So
0: in a nice way, yes. Share with us how your journey began. How did you end up? doing all that or figuring out all that, or did you figure that at all? Just share with us right from the
1: beginning. Okay. So it's, I think it's extremely important to first uh, explain a little bit about my, okay, so it's, I think it's extremely important to first explain a little bit about my background. I'm from a very small city in Tuscany with about hundred thousand people. For India, probably would be just a village, but, you know, in Italy, <laughs> we call it city. And being Italian uh, as well, it is something a little bit unusual what I've been doing. So coming from this kind of reality where everything is, was very easy, you walk to school, but you don't really have a lot of people, uh, I would say, that. Uh, then they would do things a little bit out of the, the standard, the, the usual kind of life that you have. But I had my dad. My dad then was working for a very big company in Italy, and he was a managing, sorry, marketing director of that company. And that has brought him to actually be exposed to a lot of different uh, I would say ambient and as well to travel a lot. So as a little kid, I used to see my dad going to Milan for a few days, come back being in Russia, come back being Tokyo, Japan, you know, and all these kind of countries. And for me it was like, wow, that is so cool. And so having seen that or seeing my dad traveling as probably what has seated on me, he, that curiosity, you know, I I knew that there was much more out there that I wanted to do. And so as I finished, I did all my schooling and everything. And what I knew for sure was, okay, now that I've done with all my duty, I want to go and and travel. Or, you know, Go out. So I started. My very first experience was just about two hours away from where I live, and I worked as a waitress in a fish restaurant. And, and for me was the you know the first experience outside the first proper working experience, and plus uh, completed by myself, though my parents would come every weekend. But so that was already one step out. There, then I met people, uh, I realized, that a lot of youngsters, uh, you know, of my sort of age, uh, they had travel, or they would go for a year, or spend the winter traveling. And I was like, so then, you know, it's not unusual what I want to do. It is normal, you know. As soon as you come out of Arezzo, the city where I come from, there is a completely different reality. And that has pushed me even more. So I would say that I had people, uh, I, ha- I was very curious as a person. And plus I had people uh, or I've chosen maybe situation where they let me then uh, to mm-hmm. go again, you know, to, to do what I wanted to do, to find the courage to do it. And, and so I started with that. And then after that very first experience, I was like, okay, now I need to go somewhere else. I needed to improve my English. So I remember coming back. Obviously I had my money at that stage and coming back to my parents, going, you know, I'm planning to go somewhere and they were like, sort of semi-jokingly, oh yes, yes. You know, whatever, do whatever you want. And so I ended up in a travel agency and I bought my ticket. And so for me, English, you know, I was like, I can't go to England because all the time that ended up in England, we come back not talking in English because there is a lot of Italian. So I was like, no, I need to do something a bit more extreme. So, okay, America. So I, end, I ended up in Miami. I ended up in Miami and that was my the very first big experience yeah. abroad. And, and then Miami led me to Guatemala, Belize, Mexico. Then I got back. Then I went for one year in Australia. And then again, back after a year. And in every country that I've been, because I, because I was open to experiences yeah. and I never really went with, okay, I'm going there because I want to do this. Just open, just enjoy, travel, live and see what life brings you. So in every country that I've been, uh, Australia is very known for scuba diving, or at least it's, you know, the Great Barrier Reef, like one of the most beautiful piece of jewelry that the nature has given us uh, is in there, and I was like, "Well, I'm in Australia. I think I should invest my money because then you are also conscious. Then, you know, the more you are self independent, uh, the more your traveling can last. So I've invested all my savings uh, and became a dive master uh, in uh, in Australia." And, and I was like, so this, and I, and I used to love it, you know, something then once again, I would have never thought that I would end up doing, you know, scuba diving and, but I was open for this experience and I did it. And, and then I worked uh, the last six months in Australia as a, a guide, underwater guide for a company in, in Australia and yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> When when you first went to that travel agency, you know, to take that first ticket out of Italy to the US, you got the courage to do that. But how did you decide? Okay, America. Okay, did you see it? It's my on a map. Okay, here is this where I'll go. Well, <laughs> listen, I was,
1: the, you know, it makes me laugh when I think about it. But it was a very basic. Once again, you're not very exposed. So, for in my mind, there was only New York or. I don't know why, but my mind took in consideration only New York or Miami. And uh, New York for me was, yes, an amazing city, but very much a city. And so, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, what if I get, lo- if my soul get lost there, you know? It's very difficult to connect people in such big cities. And I thought, well, Miami mm-hmm. has the scene. So if the worst comes to the worst, that I feel lonely, that I don't know what to do, as Italian, I can go and up in, on the beach. And, you know, having, knowing that there was the beach there, I felt more secure. Okay, that gave you comfort. Comfort. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I knew a little bit of English, but what the Italian school can leave you And funny enough, English was probably one of my worst subjects. And so, no, I didn't know English. I could not not have a conversation with a person, not even the simplest. I just knew a few words. So my dad, obviously, when I got back after the travel agency going, okay, I'm leaving in two weeks. They were like, what? I said, yes, this is the ticket. You know, I told you that I was going to do it you said then you know it wasn't any problem so my parents were like oh my gosh she's actually going and i was like yeah, yeah, yeah i'm going and so my dad i remember asking my dad to write this little piece of paper huh, which he printed with his computer huh? remember then we are talking about 25 years ago nearly huh? 24 years ago so he printed this little piece of paper And I had the first two nights booked into an hostel because I thought to myself, at least I know where to go, you know, for the first two nights, because obviously I didn't want everything organized. It should have been, you know, a day-to-day sort of experience. So he wrote this piece of paper to give direction to the taxi driver to take me to the place because I was not able to communicate. So you know, and I can, if I close my eyes, I can still see the taxi driver, me giving you know, this piece of paper to the, to the driver and took me there. And yes, it's quite something really. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it actually calls for courage from all people, from you as well as your parents. Because now when I look back, when I think as a parent, I would be like, oh my God, my, my daughter's going to an unknown place far away without a word of English.
1: Yeah, like, I don't know if I would. And I have to thank my, my parents for, I mean, they were a little bit crazy as well, you know, if I think about it, you know. <laughs> but now I'm like, wow, what have I done? You know, what they have done for me. And I'm not sure if I, tomorrow would be able to do the same for my
0: child. Courage and the backing of a loving family. Erica made the most of God's given gifts and ventured into America without knowing a single word of English. How many of you have attempted something similar? If you have, do write in to us to be featured in a five-minute exclusive one-to-one cameo slot,
1: and so this is the proof. Sometimes, then yes, we just need to let them be. Yeah, I, I'm not sure in ten years' time if I would do the same. <laughs> no,
0: they just, they just let give you, yeah, room for freedom and and to do if, to find yourself in a way to flower, which is amazing. I I, mean, I just yeah I just find that amazing and very beautiful. In lucky like both ways, you and them. Yes, yes. But, you know, at the time,
1: I didn't think I was courage. It was just this really strong need of traveling. And I knew then if I was going to wait for a friend or somebody else, I would have, it would have never happened. You know, never. So I just knew then this is the only way that I, I can do it. And I'm going to do it.
0: And you didn't feel alone there I mean you had didn't didn't have those days where you would just weep and call your parents or oh, I'm feeling lonely. How old were you then? i was twenty twenty one no
1: yeah I mean now i'm I must have had moments where I was a little bit more f- fragile mm-hmm. but I never really felt lonely also because I'm quite happy with myself, you know, I can be alone and not feeling all lonely. I actually quite love my on time, so, and I think then, and we're talking, you know, obviously I'm, I'm not a person that has achieved uh, the peace of mind, but I'm quite comfortable with myself, you know.
0: Okay. So, so the, that's nice. So you do not have all those moments one might think of when, okay, oh, it was a bad decision. Nothing like that. No, I a little a little bit
1: in India, I had it. The first year has been a little bit tough, but it was also a completely different situation. You know, I was there, I was working, I wasn't traveling. When I was traveling, I was literally backpacking. So you always find people. You always have, you know, you are much more open to meet people. And maybe you travel three days with a group of people and then, you know, you decide to move somewhere else. But you always have somebody. You are always busy in choosing what is your day. So you don't really feel that kind of loneliness. In India, I was there, but India came later, huh? after Australia. And after a year where I tried to settle back and have a normal uh, life which didn't last and so you know i went in india working knowing that i would have spent time there
0: okay so when just a question curious a curiosity so when when, how did you decide how do you decide when you had to leave a place okay my time is up and now i now need to either go back or i need to now look for another adventure in life
1: Okay, for, for the very first trip to America, I knew it because I had, you know, bought my ticket and it was a six-month ticket. So I knew when I was leaving, you know, it was an open ticket and when to come back. And I knew then, you know, I wanted to travel, you know, I wanted to work three months in the States and then traveling in Mexico, Guatemala, and Belize. So I nearly, you know, I had a date when I was coming back the, in, a, in, a, in a Miami. is in Australia, in Australia, no, because in Australia, I was supposed to come back after six months, but then I fell in love with the lifestyle and the scuba diving. And I was like, no, I can't leave. I need to do this here. And I remember my dad was, when I called them, typically, I've. I used to call my dad when I needed to do something crazy, you know, or change drastically my plan because I knew then I would have had support from him to face my mom and let her metabolize, then I wasn't coming back. But weird enough, but that time was the other way around. So in, you know, Australia I was supposed to come back in November and I called my dad and I was like, you know what? I was thinking, you know, this is a great opportunity. I want to become a dive master and, and I think I should do it here, you know, because Australia is probably the best place in the world. And my dad was like, no, but you can't, you know, you're supposed to come back in three days in in a week time. Now you can, how, you know, how we're going to say to your mother, and I was like, Well, don't worry, I will talk to her and, you know, and then the more the conversation was going ahead, the more I was realizing then was my dad then wasn't right. You know, he was not happy (laughs) with this decision. And here, I think we had a little bit of an argument and the problem was then the next day he was leaving to India. So for a week, Ah. he was going to India for work. And so I had a week since he was coming back that I didn't know what to do because he hadn't, you know, at the time he didn't say yes. He didn't say no. He didn't say anything. And I was in a limbo, like, what am I supposed to do? Am I going back? Am I staying here? You know, what it is. And, and so he went to India and I remember talking to my mom and I was like, I don't understand why dad has done this to me. You know, he has left, you now I can talk to him. And because somehow, although I was very independent, I always needed the proof of my parents, especially my dad. And I remember then, you know, at that stage, my mom was actually happy for me to stay and do also this experience. And lucky for me, after a week of India, my dad came back and he was like, well, you know, I remember calling him going, so, so what should I do? And my dad was like, I think you already decided. So why are you asking me? And in a way, it was like, you know, you still there, you were there, so just do it. Uh, and then he was more happy than, than me, because when I started to send him videos of whales uh, that I was seeing under the water or the beauty, he was like, I'm so happy that you stayed uh, and you've done it, you know? And then I remember one day I was impaired. This was after months. So I've been working, I become a master. And one day I was like, you know what? Enough, like this. I remember flying back from Perth to Sydney just to start off because I was flying back, with, you know, from Sydney, and I was like, okay, now I start to get close to Sydney and see when. And as I got to the airport in Sydney, landing from Perth, yeah. I randomly went. Yeah and check with the, with the head assistant, you know, about the changing of the ticket, you know, when I can change it, when I cannot change it. She said, well, if you want it, it's even tonight. I just, and I was like, okay, tonight. And I remember calling my parents <laughs> going, so in 24 <laughs> hours, I'm coming back home and they were like, what? And I'm like, yeah. You know, it's time for me, like this.
0: <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. also an amazing feeling, no? It's, it's beautiful. To, know. to, to know that there's a place in the world <coughs> you can go back to and call it home. Exactly. Exactly. And
1: my, and I, even now, if I think about it, why I did in that way, I don't know. It just felt, I was done with, you know. I was ready to go back and be happy to go back. So, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, Interesting, but it's nice. I think what I I get from what you are saying, that means your parents' place in in, in Italy was like, and their love, of course, the family was like an anchor. So you could go around, explore, do your thing. And you knew that there was a safe place to go back.
1: Yes. Am I right? Yeah. I always knew that there was a place to go back. Also because I always left, not because I had problems. I wasn't running away from Mm. anybody, you know? I just Mm. needed to understand who I was and what I wanted simply by myself without any influence from them. But obviously Mm -hmm. the influence was there. In, like, you know, eradicated, because for me, it's always my landmark. So I can always go back there. And also because my dad always been very clear uh, in these hours, you know, you haven't decided to come to this world because we parents decided that we wanted you. So I would always give you a place to stay and a place to eat and something to eat, uh, you know? That will always be there in this house for you, for you as well as my sister, you know, anything extra, no, you have to think about yourself, but food and sleep, you can always count to. And knowing that, you know, then there is always somebody asking you, it also makes you feel more comfortable to just do your experience.
0: Yeah, more free to... to- explore different parts of yourself and to un- know yourself better and to push the envelope or to know what the envelope contains exactly. or exactly. can contain. Okay. I, I I, get that. That's very interesting. And, and the one, so between, from what I hear different places that you lived in also Mexico and here and there you went. And when we say the east and the west, the most east place you lived in for the longest time was yes. India, right? Yeah.
1: For 11 years, almost.
0: And, and how, how was the experience of, of living different
1: from other countries? Well, first of all, and it's something then for me, it's very important. I always say to everybody because I really strongly believe this. We need to understand then, uh, to my point of view, there is India and the rest of the world, you know, and uh, because there's no other places in this planet. Uh, then can be, does go even close to being India. So, you know, if you go to Thailand, I've been to Thailand, way easy, you know, Thailand, and it's just three hours' flight, you know, and they are one next to another. So you think, well, you know, a little bit like, yes, Italians and German, and, and, and the Germans are very different. But sort of, you know, you find a sort of continuity of what is the culture in a way. So this is important because in India, or well, either you love it or you don't, love, you know, or you hate it. So in order to be able to live in India, you have to be extremely open-minded, not making any comparison because there's nothing to compare. You know, the moment they do the comparison, you make the mistake of disqualifying India in a way, or, uh-huh. or giving too much importance to the other countries. You know, I love India It's because it's 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 amazing in the worst scenario as well in the Most beautiful part. I mean, I've I've seen the worst things happen in India as well. The most beautiful thing, and so yes, you need to be open, and I was open to that, and I did make the comparison at the beginning, and that's why I struggled the first part. That's you learn, you 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 understand, Mm -hmm. and plus, uh, you know, I loved it. I simply loved that, India. So uh, that's why I was able to stay there for 11 years. You're not able to stay in India just to squeeze India because of, you know, work or whatever. No. India rejects you, you know. You you get sent back immediately.
0: It's interesting. There are two things I find interesting. One is that the first part you said was a challenge because you were comparing india to other countries and then you realized and accepted and then it became a more of a love journey yeah. right and and the second part I, fi- I find interesting is you literally speak of india like a person that india accepts you or rejects you i find that interesting because few other people also don't treat india as yeah. it so that's interesting. And so in your mind, India is, is a person that, is it's a he she. or a she? Just, just out Julia, she. Very interesting. For me, she.
1: And why would that be? I see like the mother of the, the civilization. It's sort of, yeah, like uh, mother, you know, the, the mother of the nature, the mother of the, the, the mind. It's, there is something in there, you know, which is with the open arms. You know, so that's, that's how I see India. Yeah.
0: That's very interesting. That's very interesting, actually. Yeah, for me to understand. And when you said the challenges that I understood because of comparisons, of course, you know, one can't really compare. But in terms of working or what, what were the challenges that you had to face in India, which you think could have been different in
1: the West, let's say. So when I went at the beginning in India, well, the situation as you are aware, you know, I was welcomed by probably not also the, the best, not the best people in tents, then they were nasty to me, you know, n- not, not at all. Huh? but not very interested or, or, you know, when, so that, that's, that's, is a big, you know, the person then, uh, you know, should help you. I don't think I was the perfect person, let's put it in this way. <laughs> and uh, so that it didn't really help me to get into the country, but because probably, if, I don't know if, well, no.
0: So you had a challenging team. I had a
1: challenging, yes, I had a challenging team and that was the first one. And secondly, I thought, okay, I'm going to get into the office. Yes, I don't know anybody, but I will get to know people in the office. And then, you know, you start with them, you go out for dinner, you do, you know, for me it was like, like it's up in Italy. But then once you're there, you realize that no. The society is different uh, it's a different kind of setting. And so the people in the office, uh, or the girls, you know, in the office would have never come, to Or at least not at the beginning. First of all, because, uh, you know, you, you think then they live next to you, but they're not. They, they do long journeys mm-hmm. to get to, to the office. Secondly is uh, the society. So it's not, you know. Yeah, you come out in the evening, where, where are you going? And certainly because I was the boss, I was seen it's as a boss. And there's no chance, or at least at that time, because I must say, then things have also changed a lot in the last 20 years. So, you know, I'm talking back then. Mm-hmm. It was just a, a different settings. So I found myself at the beginning, the very first year, struggling. To find, to find friends, also because I was not okay. into, into the spot circle. I was living mm-hmm. a very much an Indian life, surrounded by Indians, and so I couldn't really mm-hmm. get through it. But then after a year, things that, you know, I was like, no, I can't believe this is not happening for me. If it's something then you know, I always wished uh, to be able to come to India, to work, you know. It, this is my dream coming true. And I've been to South America, I've been everywhere uh, and everything, you know, I never had a problem. And here in India, I struggle. It was unacceptable for me and for my mind. And I was like, I need to find a way. And that's just switch the old things literally a year after.
0: That's, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, that's, though there is no comparison in it, but there is only comparison in the thought process, which I've mentioned in my book, which will come out in a few couple of months, between the East and the West. There was this one point for me traveling in public transport, for example, you know how it is in India. You have a chauffeur. And you, feel, you don't realize that you are privileged, but you realize it yes. when you don't have it. <laughs> and and I remember in Hamburg when I used to when I had to take the metro, which is ten minutes from my walking from my house, I would walk to the metro and I keep thinking to myself, What have I done? Why am I here? I mean, why did I do this? Until one day I gave a kick in my head and I realized, okay, in India, that's a life, that's a journey. This is another journey to be enjoyed. The way journeys should. And from that, day onwards, the 10-minute walk became very nice. I would look at the trees. I would look at the people. I would just observe and enjoy. And that continues, a change in the attitude. Yeah. And that changed the way I experienced life also here. So it allowed me to open up and enjoy. And I hear some, that, that shift, Yeah, that button. And I hear the same thing when you speak and you said, okay, one fine day, you said, okay, this is what I wanted and here I am. And that shift probably changed the yes. rest of your experience. Yeah.
1: I thought, yes. Yeah. From that moment onwards, it's been just but overall a beautiful journey with upside down
0: yeah, because,
1: yeah. you know, within this amazing experience, they've been, you know, literally upside down. But then, no, it is something that I would do it again over and over, you know. And now at the beginning, obviously, as we came back, it's now six years that I'm back to Italy. And I I haven't gone back to to India, also because, you know, between we had the COVID and everything, but I didn't miss it before. But now, now I, I want to go back. Obviously just for a period of time, you know, but now I want to take my children and, you know, show what, what, what it's like. Yeah.
0: That's nice. So now speaking of children, you please tell us the romantic story. You met your husband in India and your husband is English from Britain. He's English, Irish Irish English, English, right? Yeah. Yes. So, so how did that happen? And you got married. I mean, you were there and then you had, your kids no, were No, my there. first right? one was born there. First one was born yes. in India. So I met
1: Robert. He was already in India. So I met him because he was there. He set up this company in renewable energy, he was dealing, uh, dealing into carbon credits. You know, his business has been successful. So we met when he had just sold his business. No, actually we met before. Sorry, I got confused. Yeah, we, we met before, but it was just, uh, you know, happening anyway. And we met two friends, common friends. and. You know, the funny part is then we all had the same circle of people, but we never met the five years, the six years before, you know, I was in the six years, after, you know, before meeting him. And he was there eight years before meeting me. And, but, you know, things has to happen when it's the right time. And in, in a sporting club, that's where, you know, usually on the weekend, uh, We would go and it was very much expat people as well Indians, but a little bit more, I would say, the globalized, uh, you know, a little bit more. Yeah. And, and so that's where we met. The reason why I left India is because I had my son and basically my son was coming up to be two years old and he was about to send him to, you know, nursery some sort of, you know, school. And that's where we realized then my culture, or anyway, our culture was very much, well, we knew that it was different, of course, but I didn't want to, my son to grow up in a culture that really and truly wasn't mine. Because I think it's also important to understand that when you go into places like India, and I think it's all in India, or maybe also in Nepal, it can happen, but I'm not sure, but India. You you don't lose who, you shouldn't lose who you are. You should embrace what that country gives you. But it's not that suddenly, you know, I become a yogi and change my name. That's obviously is my, purely my view, my, my personal view. You know, of course, I was open. I did yoga. I did. I went in uh, to the Himalayas. I went to Vrindavan. I went to Varanasi. You know all these extremely spiritual places. But I always knew who I was. You know, I never uh, acted or behaved like an Indian out of respect, because you know if. I used to see people, uh, English patients, walking around barefoot, and I'm like, why would you do that? Not even the Indians are doing it. Why would you, you know, suddenly become a yogi? It doesn't belong to you, you know. But all of this to say that basically I didn't want to send my child with the driver to go to school. Because I used to walk to go to school. That's how I grew up and the fact then, because I'm in India and I know that I'm already, you know, I've got some privilege to be in an India because the this, this, this society is different, yeah? It's formed differently, but that's not my normality. And I'm aware, you know, I don't have a driver in Italy. Like you mentioned before, in India it is normal, but for me, it's not normal. So I know it's a privilege, it's also a necessity in India, it really a necessity. If you're working, if you run a business, you need to have a driver because otherwise you don't survive. You need to have help in the house. That's, I think everybody should have help in the house, but, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's part of the cycle, but it wasn't for me, you know, no, that was no, I mean, Childhood has been with the, you know, the farmyard of my grandfather and the same has been for Robert, you know. They used to breed horses in Northern Ireland. And so, you know, we were like, no, let's go back and just give him what was our childhood, what we know, what we think is normal. And how how did you decide between England and uh, Italy (sighs)
0: then? Where well, we had
1: a couple of years before we had Oscar my first son, we, I was, I wanted to buy a house in Italy as an investment really. And then Robert came along with them, you know what, why don't we do it together? And, and so we had a place basically in Italy. So then, you know, when we'll come back, we knew. We had our own space, but saying that, I was very much open to live anywhere. You know, if Robert was like, okay, let's move to Brazil because I need to do something there or let's I would have gone. So we checked also England. And and I think that I just left the decision to Robert because for me it was the same. But then Robert realized that it's much better to live in, in Italy than in England. It's a better quality of life, I think, you know, food-wise, cost-wise. We are a little bit more laid back and, and, yeah, and so Plus I had my parents here. It was just easy. So after six months, then we stayed a few months in England, a few months here. We were like, okay, we stay in Italy.
0: And did your sense of belonging have anything to do with that? Because you mentioned very, yeah. you know, very particularly about culture. So is it, is it something which you would call a calling of the roots? No, I
1: don't think then you know, culturally, no, I don't think that. Though I have roots, I feel that I have roots. Robert doesn't feel that he has roots. You know, we we have a different perc- perception of what is roots. For him, is it's more about the people. For me, it's about literally also the place, you know, the place and the people. But no, no, it was just purely, purely sort of, you know, a random decision. We were like, it's 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 better. I mean, I don't have to spend £30,000 per year or £15,000 per year in order to have a good education for my son. So, you know, why being in England, when in Italy you can have for free? But no, but it's, it's also, there, is also important. It's a different approach. So you all start from the same level in Italy. Uh-huh. You don't have to be rich in order to, mm-hmm. to become, you know, not to become somebody but to study or to have the
0: basic. Life Like a River does change course occasionally with reasons. Erica's next phase in life put more emphasis on which country to bring up her children in and where she feels a sense of belonging. She has an interesting perspective on why some people don't have a strong pull to their roots while some do. For herself, she clearly knows where hope is. In Arezzo, Italy, a city near Florence in the charming Tuscan region. Most important, that is where she was born and brought up. Life has come full circle and the river has reached home. I understand. I understand that for the basic education, it is free also in Italy. And yes, in places like where I stay in Hamburg and Germany, it is also the same. And I, I share that feeling with you as well. That, yes, I also felt that if, if my son was in India, probably he might, it's a sense of privilege then, then even for a middle class would get a driver and so on. And you are, you need, you are not protected. Yeah. And um, now that you are there in Italy and, and you've, you look back, now we've looked back for your life a little bit with an observed sense of observation or a lens of observation, right? You're looking back on your journey. How, how does that feel? I'm very proud because I
1: look back and I don't have any regrets. You know, I've done what I wanted to do. And it just, it just you know, it's, there was nothing there or nothing had come on my way. To stop me doing it. And it's that time when I'm telling people what I've done, then also when I'm talking, I realize and I'm like, my gosh, I've done all this, you know, that sounds so good though. But obviously, you know, for me it's been just a natural, you know, one after another and after another, but I'm happy. I'm happy of what I've done.
0: Now, yes, I understand that when you started Traveling, all that's Cuba driving, you know, training there in in the U.S., so on. The word diversity, when you also stayed in India, again, it was the longest that you stayed in India. What does the word diversity mean to you? Well,
1: that's a big question. When I was my teenage, 16, 17, and I was also very much not a protester, but, you know, I was More of, you know, fight for your own rights, fight for the school, fight for this, you know, protesting and marching with friends, you know, for our own rights and saying that everybody, we are all the same. No, we're not all the same. And the worst things then can happen is to actually say that we are all the same because we are not. But you realize this, you know, why you have your experience in life. And we are... People, the beauty of the people is that we are different, different culture, different personality, different, you have to embrace these differences in order not to have diversity. You know, if you realize, if you appreciate the fact that we are not the same, then you also Mm -hmm. accept diversity, which. Can be diversity in religion, can be diversity in culture, can be in diversity in everything, you know.
0: Nice. It's only in embracing diversity that you are able to include, allow exactly. inclusion. Yes. Yes. And being aware of it and embracing it and not going against it. No, we are all the same. No, no it is not. It's like but a gender difference. Men and women are not no. equal, according to me. Yes. No, they're different. Yes. beautifully different in every which way and, exactly. and that's it. Exactly. I totally agree, you know. There is a word which I remember you used when you were in India and and, and you had met the expat community and then you were interacting with some Indians who were more post- globalized. So for you, what did that, does that term mean? Mm globalized means then
1: you know like in Italy you have people uh, again to pretend you know we do have differences in classes you know like in social so when I refer to people then there are more in Indian people than they're more globalized I'm talking and it's Cruel to say it, but that's unfortunately the reality. Probably the people then they 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 can afford uh, to travel, yeah. They have they they are more exposed Mm -hmm. uh, to the opportunity of traveling. So they they see it, you know. They see more things, and you know, if I compare to myself, to the person then does the cleaning of my the stairs of my building. That person has never, you know, really left, uh, probably even the sea, which is, you know, it doesn't mean, but obviously I can have that kind certain kind of conversation because they're not even interested. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I'm talking about Indian, then they're a bit more globalized. When I'm talking about people, then they are, uh, yes, they're being exposed and they literally have seen more things, different things. So, okay. So,
0: so essentially for you, the word globalized means more exposure, more awareness comes, coming out of exposure. So they've had the opportunity to view things and yeah. places and people yes. in different yeah. ways. Yeah. And then would you call yourself, if, if we had a term, a global citizen, what would that mean to you? And would you call yourself that?
1: Would I call myself a global citizen? Probably, yes, yeah. Because it's not just about traveling, but you know, I would be willing to move somewhere else and live there for time, not just traveling as well. But yeah, and yeah, I think there are people that are, you know, world citizen, more, you know, I would say the countries. I think I don't know. For me, English English people are very global citizens. As a attitude, than they have. For me, yes, because they've always been, you know, going around the world colonizing people uh, in a way. So they, (laughs) I think, because don't they don't really
0: like that place. (laughs) yeah and I, I saw when you was explaining about that now earlier a minute ago, just the idea of the willingness to travel and, and absorb a place was bringing a smile on your face, so your you have this uh, adventure is still in your soul yes. very much that <laughs> that sort of that is your identity in a way. is there something inspiring that you would like to leave the listeners with after your Journeys and journeys, which still continues in yeah. different ways. Yes, don't let the fear
1: come on your way, because fear is part of the journey, and it's a beautiful sensation. But if this fear stops you to do, you know, from doing stuff, then it becomes your major enemy, and you will never be able to 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 see what's behind or beyond your, you know. Your nose, yes, you know. I always, I, I always, I was always scared before leaving any tour, you know, any trip. But that was more of a thrilling, so you know. Yes, I'm, I'm afraid,
0: but I'm still doing
1: it because I know it's gonna be cool.
0: So, so, dear listeners, the parting short of the message that Erica would like to leave us all with is: don't stop. Doing an activity or then taking the next step because of fear. It's part of the process. Thank you so much, Erica, for joining us. And uh, I wish you loads of luck. Thank you very much and thank ahead. you for the
1: opportunity to, to share with you my life experience.
0: And that, my dear listeners, is Erica Micheletti. Go beyond your fears, says Erica, and follow your instincts. I have a question now for the audience. What does the word home signify to you? And where is home and why? Do write in and tell us. Thank you for listening to the series between the East and the West. Do subscribe to the channels mentioned on the site in case you liked what you heard. I am Minu Gupta, the host, between the East and the West. Stay tuned every week to be inspired. And we love feedback. Do drop us a line to tell us what you think. It matters. Till then, namaste and bye-bye.